Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Do you want to swim smarter and swim faster? Then you need EO Swim Better, the only swimming device that lets you see the previously unseen. Because the first time, you can understand exactly what your hand is doing on every stroke, analyze and adapt your technique, see the effect of every single adjustment, and all with a device that you won't even know that you're wearing. Swim faster, fast with EO Swim Better, a stroke of genius. Dive into the swimming evolution at eolab.com forward slash swim better. Use the code effortless at checkout to receive your first 12 months free on an annual gold membership. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. Last week, I posted a video as part of our Feedback Friday of a triathlete based in Germany. And I've got that particular triathlete on this episode to talk about his swimming. And as a listener, what you'll find from this episode is you might find some similarities in your own swimming that you'll be able to take away and maybe make some adjustments to your technique and to your swimming to be able to become a better swimmer. So I'd love to welcome Tom. I've got to get this right. Tom Holnadel to the podcast. How close Pretty good. Or how far off? Okay. For, for a non-native speaker, it was uh, very good. My, my grandparents are Austrian, so I should have at least some ability to pronounce it right but that was that was close enough so yeah i'm glad it wasn't too far off tom welcome to the podcast and thanks for for joining me uh, thanks for so having been me in communication over the last couple of uh, i guess last couple of months and it's taken me a while to put this video out on youtube but we i posted this video last week and your best times for an ironman swim are 56 and then a 53 30 is your, yes. is your best ironman swim which is which is a good time yeah that's in the top 10% really of, of age group triathletes and, and up there pretty well with most of the, most of the pros. And some of the comments that we were reading on the YouTube video was this guy doesn't look like he's swimming at that, that speed. Now I'd like to get your take on that before I chip in, because I'm curious as to what, what your reaction was to those comments. Uh so the first reaction was that I know I can swim the time. I've done it. My clock ticked it and it's on the official Ironman site. So I know I've done it. So the reason why I send you the video and why I wanted to get a, a Feedback Friday video is because of that, because my swimming looks like shit and it can be improved. There's so much to improve and all the comments say that there is so much to improve. And you kind of talked me, taught you gave me nine minutes of hints what I can improve and what I have to do and to work on to get my times even better. So that's exactly why I wanted to have the video because it doesn't look good. It's okay. It's decent in a wetsuit. I can swim fast. I can hit good times in the pool, but I, that's exactly why I wanted to have the video because I needed the feedback and I want to improve even more. And that's uh, my first reaction about the comments. And the second reaction was, well, if you look better than I do, sorry for finger pointing here, then why aren't you swimming faster? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's well, that, that's the thing. So there's yeah, there's no points for looking pretty unless that's your goal. Unless your goal is to have someone say at the pool, oh, you look like an amazing swimmer. That's a beautiful stroke. And there's nothing wrong with that goal either. But if your goal is to do well in triathlons and to be doing competitive times, there's no points for, for looking pretty and sometimes you have to get a little bit scrappy with your stroke when it comes to open water swimming because to deal with the chop and wearing a wetsuit and having other people around you have to let go of that idea of perfect and we just want to focus on what's going to be fastest and looking through the 100 meter video that you sent through 
you did I think a 113 or 114 for that 100 and you were I think you took 16 strokes on the first lap and then it was 18 18 and and 19 um, which is which is a you know a, a reasonable stroke count for that 100 and I, I don't know what the stroke rate was but my guess is it's probably high 60 uh, maybe like mid to high 60s just off the off the top of my head uh, and so while some people thought it, it didn't look pretty that's still effective because if you look at your stroke count and your stroke rate you put those two together that's your speed so it's yeah it doesn't matter too much how it how it looks from that from the analysis what did you maybe learn from it or pick up from it that you couldn't identify yourself basically everything because you don't always get the proper feedback from someone who's coaching a lot of athletes here if you are in a tri club sometimes you have a one coach standing at the side giving you a small hint and a small notification what you can improve but if you as i am training mostly on your own you don't get the feedback that you actually need some of the things especially the head position is something what i thought it's better if i look down straight to the floor and i get a more streamlined position uh, that was one thing i corrected the, the last week and this week in the pool already and it feels better especially for for my neck when i jump on the tt bike if i have some sessions it's a little bit more relaxed and I, there's not so much tension and also the breathing while some some advice on keeping the head in a perfect position is for open water swimming, especially short distance and a lot of people around you, not sufficient, but it still helps to remember the position is not to look down and you're moving your head around too much. And if you can keep it simple, easy and smooth, then it's better. So those things were probably the things for, for the head position. That was one of the main things I took away from the video. And then of course, all the other things, it's so many small details that you can improve and you should improve to get a faster swimmer so i was uh, just taking it all and uh, taking it all up for the training i'm a little bit time crunched so i cannot get everything into every training session and work on everything i try to adjust as uh, much as possible the second thing next to the head position was probably my hand position you already said uh, that looking from the side it looks like i'm moving outwards with the hands and that's what i do i have got that feedback from other people as well and now i've adjusted that by keeping the hand in a, a more flat position because it was turning to the side while i was catching or starting the catch i was more to the side and not the, a full surface area and that was the second thing i adjusted just now last week and it also feels very good but it's more tiring the whole time to, to keep <laughs> the pressure up because it's more pressure that you have to keep up for the full stroke yeah that's that's true the, especially some of those changes with the catch and pull can be e exhausting one of the changes I've had to make over the years and probably still need to improve a bit is just going deeper through my catch. And it is, it's hard work. It is really hard work to, to do. So it does take a while for it to, to become comfortable and, and easy. And then the thought that goes into the technique as well uses some, some energy. They're concentrating on things all, all the time until we get efficient at that movement. So yeah, as long as you stick with it and you just, take it one thing at a time, then I would believe over the next six months, 12 months that you'll see some nice improvements and would be working your way down towards that 50-minute Ironman swim if you're consistent with your training and, and work on the, the technical side of things. I'd like to ask you, what's your swimming background? Where did it start for you with swimming? 
Okay, well, I was swimming. My parents took me to swimming early on, but not like the competitive league swimming or any team swimming, just uh, learning how to keep up my head above the water so I don't drown because there are many lakes around here where I live and they wanted to make sure that I'm capable of swimming. But learning to swim and do a proper stroke was probably when I was 17, 18 years during my A-levels. And until then, I didn't know about proper swimming technique. I was doing a freestyle stroke with my head above the water. And then just with during the A levels, the teachers showed us how to properly do technique. And that was the background where I started swimming. Then when I started triathlon, that was probably eight, nine years ago, I went into a training club munich and they had a proper coach who has done like uh, endurance swimming six hour swims and such things and he was probably the best to show me how to properly do technique and he uh, spent a lot of effort and time with me for uh, about eight to ten months at the time i was there and that was when i probably first learned how to do a stroke and how to hit 135 per 100 meters and that was uh, basically the background that i'm coming from and since then it's just continuous improvement going to the pool twice a week at least in the winter times here in germany probably three to four times and the background that i have is just a eight, nine years of swimming in the pool and trying to get constant feedback every year during videos that you do or just recordings that we do with the GoPro or with feedback by watching other people and then watching myself. And that's how I got to the times that I'm at now. Yeah, well, so you pretty quickly got to that 135 pace, which is which is terrific. Going from there to where you are now, has that been a quite a gradual progression or did you make some big gains and then plateau for a while, make some gains and plateau? What's that development and progression been like over the last seven, eight years? It's a similar process every year. During the winter month, there's more time for swimming, less time for outside bike riding because it's rather cold and I don't enjoy the cold here in Germany. So during the winter time, I can work on my swim efficiency. So from basically October, November until March, I hit the pool more often. That's why I increase about one to two seconds uh, every winter, maybe in some years, there was a larger jump in the um, style technique uh, side. And in some winters, there wasn't. There was just at the same. During the summer month or the racing period, starting in May until like August, September, it is basically just keep the lights on, keep the form that I have gained over the winter. And uh, that's so the gradual increase by just training through the winter and then keeping the form in the summer and then training through the winter to gain some seconds again and then performing in the summer. Yeah, and the, the thing I like about that is it's obviously you've got good consistency there and over a long period of time. And when people aren't looking to, to rush that progression and they're just willing to put in the work, it's like I, I really enjoy working with those people who are just, you know, just keep chipping away at it. And not to say you can't have significant improvements in your speed, especially if you are around that two-minute, 215 pace per 100. You can certainly have some, some big jumps, but the progression for the majority of people, especially if you are a, a 135 swimmer, it's often more more gradual. And as long as you're, you're consistent with it, you can, you can do really well. Have you had, what sort of technique 
changes have you made over the last couple of years? Were there some, some things that stood out to you in the early days of your swimming that you had to work on and you made changes and you saw improvements? This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Form Smart Swim Goggles. They're more than a pair of goggles. Meet the world's most powerful swim platform. See yourself improve with Form Smart Swim Goggles, including a free one-year membership when you purchase your goggles for only $249 US dollars. They've currently changed up their offer where you can now get the goggles and you have one-year membership included for free. And if you'd like to continue with the membership going forwards, it's only $15 US dollars a month where you get access to their workouts, training plans, and custom workout builder. But you'll always have access to the real-time data in the goggles, so you never lose access to that. My favorite thing about the Form Goggles is having the instant feedback of what times you're doing, what stroke rate you're doing, and also the ability to see what your heart rate is. Because never before have we been able to have these immediate feedback heads up display where it's actually telling you what your intervals are. So when I wear the goggles in training, I like that I know my split for the first 50 and the 100 and the 150. So every single lap I'm getting that feedback on what my pace is. And I find it's such an important tool for being able to not only have different gears where you can switch between the different speeds that you want to swim, but it helps you develop those gears and it helps you intuitively know how fast you need to go before you're going to blow up or before you're going to go a little bit too hard. So it helps you just get really good at judging your pace for when you do go to a race. And even if you're not wearing the goggles in a race, it's that intuition and that ability to develop your pacing that these goggles can really help with. To get your pair of form goggles and save 15% off, use our link formswim.com forward slash effortless or use the coupon effortless at checkout and that will get you 15% off your pair of goggles using our special link formswim.com forward slash effortless or the code effortless at checkout. I was very sloppy in the beginning and just trying to hit a high frequency with a very short pull phase and very short catch phase. I didn't stretch my body the whole way and that was in the beginning. So I just had a high turnover, but no momentum gain through the high turnover because it was just too short. Everything was too short. I started the catch way too early without full extension and I uh, stopped the the pull uh, the, the push in the the end on my hip so it was a very short stroke and i have increased the distance and i've become a slow fast swimmer so from very high turnover i have moved to a very rather compared to other swimmers probably to a professionals as well with a very low stroke rate compared probably that's why it looks so slow but i have uh, i can reach full extension from the shoulder and i can push far uh, way more to the the legs to the knee during that time so in the beginning it was very choppy and not so smooth and now it's a very smooth and fast stroke do you think that that originated from seeing what other people were doing or that's just what you naturally gravitated towards when you were first beginning in the pool and you didn't know what you should be doing? Well, I think it was because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just uh, focusing on momentum and uh, speed. And that's what I know. It, for the A-levels, we had to perform a certain time in a certain and a certain distance. And to reach that, the only way was to hit the pool really hard and put all in efforts all the time. And that was probably why I just was like swimming without control 
And since then I had completely different approach because I don't have to hit uh, like 400 meter times, but I can train consistently. And I have another goal than just getting in a certain grade in school uh, where I can just motor my way through the pool and it was okay. Now I have to really adjust because all the people around me, they are getting faster and I really have to look at other things. And there is still a bike and a run coming afterwards. For the school thing, there was no bike and run afterwards. There was changing and then day was done. Probably that's because I didn't know better. At the time, I was so such a sloppy swimmer. Yeah, So and I say that with a lot of people who are maybe one or two years into their, their swimming. It's just, I've got to go harder. I've got to go, I've got to work my arms harder and faster to be able to go go quicker uh which is only true to a certain extent it's more about the efficiency like you like you mentioned and if you're looking at your video so you're recording yourself how, how often are you recording yourself with the gopro i try half a year every half a year because there are very strong privacy regulations in german pools so we have to hit a day where there are no other people at the pool or we have to do it at um, team training and then everyone has to consent that there is a recording. So I try it uh, every half a year. If we have the possibility to be a team training, then more often. And this year, I already had the chance to do it three times. I've been to a um, pool, uh, indoor uh, training pool where there are video cameras on all the four sides with uh, such a, I don't know the particular English word, where the water is coming from the front and yeah like endless pool that yeah like an endless pool and i had yeah. the opportunity to be there this year and in a, one of those endless pools to be filmed and it, that already gave me another perspective and also put your comments into perspective and the coach there and you they you basically said the same things that i have to improve and so to come back to your questions probably every half a year i get a video of myself swimming and have you looked back at your original video do you still have that footage from several years ago no i don't sadly i don't <laughs> it would be nice to have a comparison between now and then but maybe i can ask us around and find something where there's a recording of myself yeah it'd be interesting to, to see that we use an app called called skillist when we film people at, at clinics or if people send me send me videos I often use this skillist app and that's what I use for your analysis, actually, for the YouTube video. And I look back at some of the videos. I think we've been using it for seven or eight years now. And I've had some swimmers who have returned after six or seven years and they've done a, a filming session with me. And it's amazing to look back at, at the progression for these, these people. And you can sort of pull up both videos and go, oh, my God, this is how you were swimming. This is how you're swimming, swimming now. And it's good for your, your confidence as well because I think when you're it's like when you look in the mirror every day you don't see any changes happen i'm 35 now and i look at the you know, look in the mirror i'm like I'm the same as i was when i was 25 i look at photos now and go oh no i'm not but it's the same thing with, with your swimming stroke when it's your technique you just don't you just really can't see those changes yourself as much unless there's this really you put them side by side and there's this big big change so uh, i think it's good to acknowledge the the progression and improvement that you've had over time so if you've, you've got that opportunity i think it's I think it's a really cool thing to be able to to do i think so as well that's a proper uh, way to learn and to see your progression because it's always frustrating to not see what you're improving and your times are the same, but 
if you are more efficient and your times are the same, then there is still an improvement, but you don't hit it at the split times when you touch the wall in the pool. So I think that's a very neat idea to do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And for you, do you do any sort of test sets or like a 400 time trial? Is there anything that you use to measure where you're at or measure your progress over time? Yes, uh, we have uh, two to three tests that we do different tests regularly. We have a, a 400 meter and 200 meter critical swim speed test. So we do uh, a warm up around 1000 meters, then we do a 400 meter all out test, then uh, a longer break of like five to 10 minutes, and then another 200 meter all out test. And that's the shorter one. Uh, for the short distance races. And for the Ironman, we usually do a 1000 meter time trial in, in the pool. And what's your critical swim speed at the moment? Or what was the last time that you did it? Uh, probably around 126, 127 per 100 meters. We don't really use critical swim speed in our training. We usually go more like RPE based because some pools are different. And then uh, some days I have a good stroke and some days I've had, I have a bad stroke. And we usually try to have a small range and then an, also an RPE feeling in the pool, or at least I do. My coach gives me times, of course, that I should do. And then that's basically how we measure our training. We just want to see the progression. And if we improve with the training that we do, that's what we do the 400, 200 test for, or the 1000 test. And the 1000 meter test is also for pacing the Ironman because the time that I can hit there, then we subtract some seconds and that should be the Ironman time that I'm able to swim. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I just recorded an episode on critical swim speed actually. And it's, I think it's a good way to measure where you're at and what your aerobic threshold is and it, it based on when they've studied it it's within about 1.4 percent of what your 1500 meter time trial would be so the idea behind the critical swim speed if you're listening is it's roughly what your 1500 meter time trial would be so roughly your aerobic threshold and doing this 400 meter and 200 meter time trial will give you this this pace and it's within 1.4% when they have tested people um, provided they warm up enough and get enough recovery in between. So I think it's a, it can be a good way to have a rough idea of some paces that you should be using in training. The downside to it is, as you said, if you're not having a good session or you're in different pools, so if, let's say different pools, a 50 is going to be slower than a 25 meter pool for majority of, of people. Same with if, if you're in warmer water. So our pool that we normally train in last week they had chlorine issues and so we had to go to the indoor 25 meter pool and it was it's hot it's like 20 i don't know 28 and a half degrees i think which doesn't seem that hot but it's a degree and a half warmer than the competition pool that we swim in which is normally 27 and i couldn't push above about a 70 percent effort and so my times were they were quite slow so there are going to be some factors there that will impact your ability to hit your times based on CSS training. So I think as long as you are aware of those and maybe you'll need to adjust the, the times, uh, then, then it can be a good, good way to train. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of perceived effort because if you're in tune with your, your body and how much effort you're putting into a certain training session or how much effort you're putting out in a race, 
that is going to be much more effective than I think just you know being checking your watch all the time because we just want to get in, in tune to roughly what we're we're doing without having to to look at the clock. So I, I like both styles, and for me, I probably prefer the RPE, you know, perceived exertion. But I think uh, CSS you can kind of use both together, yeah, you know, in a way. So yeah, that's what we would we would normally normally do. But there will certainly be some factors there that will impact you your times there and that's when i quite often get people saying oh my you know my time's very a lot between sessions i'll have good days and bad days and but there are a lot of factors that will contribute another thing that can contribute too is if you're leading the lane you're going to be having to work a bit harder than the person who's going second in the lane especially if you're pushing off three seconds after the person in front of you so you'll get a lot of draft you'll probably be able to hit fast faster times for about 20% 20% less effort. So there are lots of things that will, will impact that. So it's good to be aware of them so that you don't get a the wrong idea with what pace you could hold in you know, races or, or long distances. Have you experienced any of, of that? Had you come to realize some of those things of your time that you've been swimming? All of them, basically. <laughs> uh, there, there are some pools that are faster and some pools that are slower. And I think uh, 25 meters, maximum a third of 50 meters when it comes to times. So my 50 meters are around two to three seconds slower than my 25 meter pool times. And that's something I realize every year when I come from winter season to the outdoor 50 meter pool that we have here, that I'm uh, rather slow compared to the 25 meter pool times probably because my flip turn has improved over the last two, three years, which also improves the 25 meter splits because I don't have to uh, swim for 50 meters. But all of the points that you just mentioned are true. If you work on the front, it's way harder to go the same speed if, as if you're on second, third position in a, in a lane. So yeah, ab- absolutely. Has. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big difference there. So yeah, it is, it is good to be aware of them and like for me, I love, I really enjoy leading the lane because I like to have flat, clear water out in front and I don't love the turbulence. But I guess the benefit is where you can draft, it's easier. But it's also good practice for open water. So uh, it's it's a toss-up between those two. But I, I think coming from a pool swimming background, I just like to have clear water. If I could have my own lane, I'd take it, uh, even if it meant having to work a bit a bit harder because I just I love the feeling of, of it just being calm and and flat are you doing all your training sessions as part of a squad or are you doing your own solo sessions or with friends what does that look like with friends so the third option that you mentioned mostly i train alone because i can manage it around my schedule and at work then when i have some free time and i can uh, kind of quickly go to the pool or i can do an early morning session and some of my friends are not the only morning person that they don't want to go to swim before work they just enjoy it after work but I try to get around people that are swimming the same pace or faster so that we can improve together. And mm. uh, we have a small group of four or five friends. We are all doing triathlon. No one is a pure swimmer. And we try to hit the pool together to improve our swim speed. And also the motivation is way higher if there's someone next to you or behind you swimming the same or similar pace. And that's what I prefer. Nevertheless, I do most of my sessions on my own, sadly, 
because I cannot manage the team times in the evening because I want to do something else, spend time with my girlfriend or just do a biking session or work a little bit longer. And that's why most of the sessions are alone, even if I would prefer to be in a like a competitive swimming squad or in a more uh, group swim yeah, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to work with your own your schedule so it's it's not easy to have the well you can't have the the perfect scenario where the squad times work with when you're not working and and all your other sessions as well for me for me it's been like I, I normally swim the squad three times a week and then over summer i'll increase it to maybe four or five and those other two swims will be solo sessions the i think the benefit to solo sessions is it, it depending on when you do them it, it can you've got more lane space sometimes it is harder to push yourself because you don't have others racing you what i will what i normally do depending on what the other sessions have looked like i'll try and do my more sort of aerobic threshold sessions in those in those times where i'm swimming by myself and i'll make the main set about 2k and there's shorter rest i can make it very specific to what i need whereas with the the squad the rest times are a bit a bit longer because I'm at the front end of the group there. So I'd say the, the sessions aren't really specific to me. They're still great, but I, I do like to make those really specific sessions. So I'll try and do like real sort of top end aerobic work where I'm hitting about my CSS pace. Sure. And I just wanted to mention th something there because for me, it's the other way around. I, I like to do the very hard sessions, the very aerobic, uh, sessions uh, anaerobic sessions with a squad because i can push myself so much more like like two to three seconds are the splits better when i do it with a group compared to when i do them alone and that's uh, where i, I see, see a difference between us because i really like to do the hard sessions with a squad and with people they that swim similar times because we can increase our average over the whole set by just pushing ourselves and sometimes when i do it alone after five six seven repetitions of 10 i'm like oh no another three <laughs> oh no another two and when we do it in a group it's like okay we hit this one okay we hit this one okay next one faster still two to go come on let's go it's it's really this team spirit or friend spirit that we have in this group and we can push ourselves way more than when we're doing it alone so maybe there we are different but the that's something where I accelerate. If I'm in, in a group and we can push ourselves, that uh, makes my splits faster. Um, and that's why I like the, the harder sessions in a group. And, and, and I would say that's probably the, for the most, like for most people, that's probably the best way to, to do it because you will push, push harder. I think the reason why I do those sessions on my own is because I, I miss our Tuesday, Thursday session with the squad, which are the more aerobic base days. So I don't get enough of that work in during the, the week So because I, I can't swim in those mornings. So I think that's probably partly partly why. And and I think I'm just like with that being a coach, I used to coach a squad for nine years. So I'd always have to do like most of my sessions just after coaching. And so I'd want to just get in, like warm up for 500 meters and then try and get maybe two or three K in where I'm just like, all right, let's go in, let's get it done. And, and make it a hard session. So I'm just used to used to that with, yeah, just with my, my background of, of coaching and having to do some of those swims by myself. So I think some of it carries over from from that. But it's 
when I you know, do train with other people, yeah, certainly, certainly pushing harder. And I look at some of the sessions that I used to do when I was living in a different part of Melbourne and I was training with, uh, with friends there and we used to work, we used to work hard and I don't think I can push myself that hard by myself <laughs> anymore. Uh, so it does help to have those, those others around. Over your, your last eight, nine years of doing triathlon and thinking of the swimming in particular, is there any advice that you'd have for someone who's new to triathlon that you think would help them with their, with their own swimming? Film yourself and get constant feedback. In IT, we have a continuous improvement process. You always have to get feedback on what you are doing to improve the things that you are doing. Even if it's just your own feedback, your own feedback loop to increase what, uh, to improve what you are doing. I think uh, that's very important and one thing that uh, you should do. And don't overstress the technic technique issues in the beginning. Look at them but also enjoy swimming. Have a fun session at the pool every now and then or just go hard every now and then and enjoy it in the beginning because it will be a hard and long journey to get to specific times. For me, it's still a journey. I might, might have very good swim times compared to many of the other age group athletes, but still, I think there is way more to go. And I see that in the video that you provided and the feedback that you provided, there will always be something that you can improve. But in the beginning, enjoy it and uh, don't overstress all the things and just get continuous feedback. And one thing that I really enjoy, even so, even so the Sun Yang was probably doping. There is a very nice YouTube video where you can see him from all angles on YouTube, which is a loop and you just see his technique and how good and smooth he swims. And that should be like an ideal image to always get. It's an ideal image that I always go back to. And I just watched that YouTube video for a minute or two. And then I remember, okay, when next time when I'm in the pool, I have to focus at this and that. And then I can compare it to my videos and get the continuous feedback. So I really uh, like this video uh, of Sun Yang on YouTube. You probably find it Sun Yang Stroke or something like that on, on YouTube. And the, the don't overstress it and enjoy swimming because most of the triathletes say that they're, it's their hate discipline. And if you go with a negative mindset onto your first discipline, then it probably always sucks if you just go there and say, oh no, swimming again. Uh, and do, do a nice and joyful session. And if you have kids, just take the, the pool noodle and enjoy it for some time. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's great advice because it's so easy to be very critical of yourself. And I'd say I'm, I'm guilty of that as well filmed myself a couple of weeks ago and looked at it and went, oh my God, this is, I thought it was better than this. And, and similar thing, like my happy with my times, times are, times are reasonably good, but I look at it and go, oh my God, there's this wrong, there's that wrong. But like this morning I was training and I was just going through the cool down and just, I had this thought in my mind of just how good is swimming? We just get to float in the water. It's a full body exercise and it's just so meditative and You, you can get such a good workout and it's something that I'll be able to do until the day I die, which is, um, which is great. And, you know, running is probably a, a different story. So it's just, it's just such a great activity to be doing. And if you are not enjoying it, then it's going to be a lot of time that you'll be spending in something that you don't enjoy. So if you aren't enjoying it, what my suggestion would be, as you said, get either get filmed or just like find, find a coach 
who can help you work on a couple of things and just have a really simple roadmap of things to work on and just pick one thing. Don't try and do it all. Just just pick one thing and make sure you start in the right order. I can't remember what podcast episode it was, but probably, I don't know, 20, 15, 20 episodes ago, I recorded one about the, the sort of structure on how you should analyze your own stroke. And I'll just run through it very quickly now. It's, it's head, uh, look at head, body, uh, then we work on the kick, the rotation, and then kind of what the arms are doing. That's a really simple way to just go step by step through your through your stroke uh, through your stroke. So you don't need to start with your arms, for example. If you follow that correct order, then it's going to make it really simple for you to know where to begin. And when we looked at your video, we looked at the head position, and it was just moving around a little bit too much. So that's why we wanted to start with that, which was why I suggested it. And you know, now it's probably dialed in pretty well. So we can then move on to the we can move on to the other things. Well, yeah, maybe right. <laughs> so maybe yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll find out next next video. But yeah, yeah it's, like anything, when you know what you can do to get better, it is so much more more enjoyable. So yeah, if you just get something personalized, it it, it makes a huge huge difference. So Tom, I uh, want to thank you for being on the uh, the podcast and being willing to share your video with tens of thousands of people on uh, on YouTube and, and probably more than that with the Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, it's not only helpful for obviously yourself, you've got some things out of it, which is great, but so many people can relate to to your video as well. So I appreciate you putting it out there and allowing me to, to share it with others and also for jumping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I really hope some people can take something out of the video and also can improve their swim times based on what I'm doing wrong. Maybe they see similar issues or they see similar problems where they can improve. And that's uh, why I want to be on the podcast and share the video with you because I think continuous improvement is a very important thing for all of us to improve and to get a better swim time, even if we don't enjoy it. I do enjoy <laughs> it now. Earlier, I didn't. So thanks for having me. And I hope I could help some people improving their swim. Awesome. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlesswimming.com.